At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz presented by Bet Rivers. Round ball right side off the glove of Freeman. Here comes the base runner Chavis to the plate. He will score. And the Pirates take the lead. What kind of a world has it become that gambling against the Pirates when they face Joe Musgrove or when they face the Dodgers doesn't feel safe? Because I did both those things this weekend and they did not pay off. I'm Tim Benz. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. It's brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. We'll get to the Pirates momentarily, but let's start with hockey. As the Rangers beat the Hurricanes and move on to the Eastern Conference Finals, Lightning are minus 182 favorites to win that series. The Rangers will pay out at 155 if you pick them. I'm going with Tampa. I think the run ends here for New York. You know, unless Jacob Truba takes out another Lightning key player like he did with the Penguins and the Hurricanes. Truba added another notch to his hit list on Monday. The New York defenseman elbowed Jake Gensel in the head during the team's playoff series win over the Penguins. His headshot on Sidney Crosby caused the Penguins' captain to miss a chunk of Game 5 and all of Game 6. He nailed Carolina's Max Domi in the next round to say nothing of a few hits that did damage from Truba in the regular season. Monday night, he knocked Carolina's Seth Jarvis out too. This one was close to legal. Some of the others, not so much. But hey, if he's never going to get disciplined for the illegal ones, what's going to stop him to think twice before delivering one that's at least borderline legal? So, Tampa Bay Lightning players, be warned. That's the team that gets the Rangers next in the Eastern Conference Finals. Rangers beat the Hurricanes 6-2 in Game 7 of their semifinal series on Monday night. They get a win. It goes over, which was a rarity in that series. 
But here's the reason why I picked Tampa more than anything else, as our Seth Roroba points out. The Rangers have played against two backup goaltenders, two third-string goaltenders, and one starter with a foot that clearly wasn't healed yet in Tristan Jari. Now they get Andre Vasilevsky. The only way Tampa loses is if Shesterkin is better than Vasilevsky in a big way and if Truba takes out another star player. Both things are possible. I just don't think it's likely as Vasilevsky and the Lightning are just better. So I'm going to say that's more likely to happen than the other two things. Give me Bolts in six. That exact payout is plus 370. Going over five and a half is minus 152. That's more red ink overall that I'm putting on my ledger that I like to bet on. Not as much black as I'd like, but I'm just telling you how I think it'll go. If I go Rangers, I'll pick them in seven. If they win four games to three, it's plus 575. On the Western side, I miscalculated, I guess. I thought the presence of Connor McDavid would keep the series price down on the Avs. I was wrong. The Avs are minus 250 favorites, and the Oilers are plus 210 underdogs. I think that's great value if you believe in the Oilers and you think they can pull it off. It's almost enough for me to be tempted. I just can't pull the trigger on it, though. I'm sticking with Colorado in six. That's paying off at plus 400. McKinnon is at minus 129 to score more than McDavid at plus 104. Again, good value on McDavid there. Other players can score and the Avs can win. McDavid can score and the Oilers can still lose. So I say give me McDavid on that money for goal total. On the points side, McDavid is minus 134 as a favorite to get more than McKinnon, who's at plus 108 to outpoint McDavid. I'll slightly go with McDavid there too, but... Got to be careful there because if McKinnon starts picking up secondary assists and more goals go on the board for the Avs, uh, that's an easy way for him to sneak in and steal that bet. NBA, as someone who grew up a Celtics fan and is rooting for Boston, I like where the line sits in both cases, actually. Boston getting plus 135 feels about right to me, and it's enough to make me feel like I'm going to bet on them. But if you're betting on Golden State, I don't think minus 152 should scare you. Uh, give me Celtics in six games. I'm going to bet with my heart here more than my brain. That comes in at plus 450. Now, as far as baseball goes, betting against the Pirates all the time is catching up to me a little bit. I lost on the Dodgers-Pirates game last night. I lost when they actually lost themselves, the Padres, but I had San Diego on the run line because it was a prohibitive favorite for them to win straight up. Uh, that was with Musgrove pitching. So the under held, at least I made out there, but the Pirates scored four when their individual run line total was two and a half, so that pinched. They've been a bit of a burden to me of late. I've hit a little mini baseball slump. I might take a day or two to flush the karma and reevaluate, perhaps find some new trends, maybe start betting on the Blue Jays and betting against Anaheim after the way that series went. That one might be calling to me right now. Uh, or maybe they just completely reverse course after playing one another with the Jays completing a four-game sweep. As for the Pirates, they are plus 280 to win tonight, plus 132 on the run line if they uh, get one and a half. They already secured a split of the season series, the Dodgers, if you can believe it. Let's see if they can nail down a win tonight. And uh, we'll reevaluate more with Mike Pursuta tomorrow, who joins us from the Bahamas. He found himself a sports book there, and near as I can tell, he's never left. I know he was hit hard by what happened to the Hurricanes last night and uh, we will see how he tries to reevaluate for the final 
Again, I like the Avs, and I like the Tampa Bay Lightning to emerge from the conference finals. If you do a parlay on those two teams advancing, let's see here. I'll look at the parlay calculator on betrivers.com. It comes in at plus 117 to get the finals matchup that I am predicting. All right, back in 30 seconds, and we talk with Mark Madden from 105.9 The X and Trib Live for a Madden Monday here on Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh, must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. It is a Mad Monday. Tim Benz with you here. Brought to you by, of course, Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com where you can get in on the NHL betting action as we get to the conference finals. We are recording in advance here on Memorial Day before. The Hurricanes and the Rangers wrap up Game 7, so I'll have to dance around that a little bit. But, Mark, let's get to the Western Conference Final, where I think that's going to be highly entertaining hockey anyway. Uh, Perhaps even more entertaining than whoever matches up against the Lightning, because you got McKinnon and the Avs against Connor McDavid and the Oilers. How do you see that going down? Well, I think the Avalanche have a better team. I think McDavid's a superior player to McKinnon, especially the way McDavid's playing right now. Uh, Neither team is really great in goal, with Mike Smith being so inconsistent for Edmonton. And, uh, God, I'm freezing on the name, Tim, the goalie from Arizona. Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper, correct. He's so bad, I forgot his name. Well, not that bad, but, yeah, I'm not sure either team has a decided edge in goal. But I'm going to go with Edmonton. They just feel like the 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 team of uh, boy, team of destiny is such a cliche, but there's kind of a bit of a feel about them like that, isn't there? I mean, um, McDavid's so hot. Drysaddle is playing really well despite injury, and Evander Kane of all people has 12 goals on the playoffs going into this series. So I'm going to go with Edmonton in seven, but uh, it, it could obviously go either way. It's just. Just a great series, and hopefully it plays out in terms of action and and uh, opportunity to score like like we hope it does, because that could be an all-time classic series. It really shapes up as that. But then again, Tim, whenever a series shapes up like that, something nutty will happen, like Nazem Kadri will hit Connor McDavid in the head and knock him out, and then, uh, and then it'll be a boring series. But I, I got to go with Edmonton in seven. Very close series, though. I was thinking for all of those reasons – that Edmonton wouldn't be all that much of an underdog, but they're getting plus 210 to win this series, Mark. So if you're right and you get in on the Oilers, that's pretty good value there. Yeah, actually, that's really good value, and I may take advantage of it. Then again, I I placed a bunch of bets on Liverpool this past weekend, which (laughs) we'll get to later, and that didn't work out so well. But uh, yeah, and again, I think think the Avs is a better team. It just feels like Edmonton's time, which... Would really suck if you're Colorado because if that's true, then their time never came. Despite uh, what was it? What was it? Uh, McKinnon said, "I've been in the league eight years and haven't won crap." Yes, I think he said that. Words to that effect. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he did not say crap, but yes. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, but I'm I'm going to go with Edmonton for sure. Well, Mark, if you want to get really ambitious, the Oilers to win in seven 
plus 800 for the series itself just to get to seven games, plus 260. So again, you're hunting in good, positive territory if your hunch is right there. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, talking about betting value here. I just think Edmonton's going to win the series. Uh, Edmonton has other things going for him, like that Bouchard kid on defense is having a big playoff, and, you know, he's a young guy, maybe arriving a bit early. Um, Nugent Hopkins is getting his share of stuff done. They just are coming together, you know, at a time when, well, not a year too early. I mean, my God, McDavid's been in the league for how many years? It It just seems like it's their turn. Did you feel like they got a gift on the overturn goal in the Flames series to end it that would have won it for the Flames in that sixth game? Yeah, but I think, game, would have won, I think Edmonton would have won a series anyway. I think all that did was end it. Who, who's to say they wouldn't have scored had they needed to score? Mm. You know, being down by a goal. But yeah, that should have counted. Up. Although, uh, one thing I've gone back and forth on is that the puck was going in the net anyway. And I've been told point blank by some hockey writers and some hockey officials I know here in Pittsburgh that the fact it was going anyway doesn't figure it at all. The minute the skate touches it, that was the last thing that touched it. Now, whether it was a distinct kicking motion, I I don't think that. But, uh, but, you know, they called what they called. I wasn't outraged by taking the goal away. I would not have been outraged had they let it count either. I just think it's a, a really tight call. And... Uh, I, I will say the the biggest argument against allowing that goal is that replay is supposed to overturn obvious errors, correct? Mm-hmm. That was not an obvious error. How did you feel since we're on the topic then, Mark? Did you see a similar such controversy or the similar controversy that occurred in Heat versus Celtics with the guy who stepped out of bounds shooting a three and they went back and changed it three minutes later? Yeah, I don't care about basketball. Tim didn't watch. Okay. <laughs> although, although here's something I will say about the NBA that I, I we talked about uh, uh, at length on my show. Well, I actually talked about it for like 30 seconds because no one responded. But uh, there's this feeling now that Steph Curry should be considered an all-time great up there with like the Jordans if, if Golden State wins. That would be his third title. Um, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think he's just a shooter. I don't think he's anywhere near the all-around player like a Jordan or LeBron is. And much as they've penalized, for example, in just public opinion, they penalized Kareem and Wilt because they're just big, right, among other reasons? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I can't give Steph Curry that mantle when all he is is a shooter. I can bring him close. Uh, he's not as all-around as the guys you mentioned you can throw Bird into that mix too, Magic Johnson into that mix, but oh, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird are much better players than Steph Curry. That's not even close. But I, I think those guys, I get your point because they're bigger, they rebound more, they go in and out more often. You see them impact the game tangibly in other ways besides the way Steph does. But I get it if you want to make a special exemption and put him into that realm because he's the best shooter ever. I, I could see that. Yeah, that's a different category. You want to call him best shooter ever? I can't argue that. The record shows. But he's not hes not better than, than Jordan, LeBron, Magic Bird. I could go on and on. I could play name. And, again, the big guys, I give Kareem and Wilt and Bill Russell the nod over him, too. I, he's, I could probably get down to 12, 13, 14 guys, you know, with my admittedly limited, uh, uh, you know, knowledge and, and 
experience watching basketball. I could get down to like, you know, 15 or 16 before I name him. Back to hockey, Mark. If McDavid's the best player in hockey, is McKinnon second best? Well, he is in this series. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, McDavid's the best right now, and certainly he's been the best in these playoffs. I think these are the two best players in these playoffs. I think that's fair to say, especially because I think I think Drysidle, even though he's playing great benefits from operating greatly in McDavid's shadow, much like Malkin with Crosby. And I, I think that uh, Evander Kane is totally made by by McDavid in this series. No question about that. So, yeah, I'd say these are the two best players in the playoffs for sure. Have you seen anybody in the playoffs so far, like maybe even like high end, that the Penguins should investigate trying to get like Johnny Gaudreau or... <laughs> yeah, McDavid. <laughs> I, I, Gaudreau's already, people are talking he's going to go to the Flyers. What about Trocek or uh, Klingberg or Cop? If, if you're, if you're going to pay what it'll take to keep... To get Klingberg, rather, you might as well keep Latang. It wouldn't be that much of a difference in price. Um, Trocheck would come at about the same rate, maybe a little less, maybe a little more than Malcolm, but he's a better five-on-five player. He's younger. I'd lo- I'd rather have Trocheck than Malkin. I'm not sure that's what you're looking for, but you know, I I like Trocheck a lot. I want to see him get Cop or Vetrano just so they stop scoring against the Penguins. Vetrano and Cop are great in New York. I don't know how they'd look in Pittsburgh. They'd be Pittsburgh good players, but you overpay for them. But you overpay for anybody in free agency at this rate, don't you? And that's the problem with free agency, and that's why the decisions with Latang and Malkin aren't as easy as you might think, no, no matter whether you want them or don't. It's just not an easy decision. Although I still... I. I just think Malkin's going to go downhill from here. I I just don't think he has the dedication to getting himself all the way back from that knee to keeping himself in shape. I have more faith to keep Chris Letang on a five-year deal than I would to keep Malkin on a three-year deal. Yeah, you know that uh, Nick Paul from Tampa is another guy that comes to mind. Uh, Forsberg from the Predators, but all these guys are going to cost. Kadri. I wouldn't want Kadri anyway because I think we'd go into Matt Cook territory with him. I, I, I wouldn't want him either, but he's a much better player than Matt Cook. Oh, yeah, he's better. I, I'm just saying that the constant, you know, having to defend him or constant controversy surrounding him would grow tedious like it did with Cook. <laughs> it certainly did grow tedious with Cook, yes. Uh, Mark, let's kind of move on to the East. And like we said, we don't know the opponent for the Lightning at this point. Does it matter to you? Do the Lightning win anyway? Uh, yeah, I'm picking the Lightning. I think the one thing that none of the other remaining teams wanted to see happen was for them to get eight days off. Because those old guys who are who are worn down by winning two playoffs in consecutive years, they're going to get a little bit more win in their sails. Braden Point is going to get maybe not healthy for the first game until he returns sometime in the series. And like like I said, they'll be better equipped motor-wise as a team to make up for his absence initially. Uh, I am picking them to win that series no matter who it is, correct? Did I hear you say on your show you think Vasilevsky's, if not top five all-time among goaltenders, top six or seven? Was, was that the point you were making? He's one of my top five. I just can't decide who the top five are. I mean, mine are uh, are uh, Ken Dryden, Jacques Pond from the old days, mm-hmm. Wah and Bredore. 
then Vasilevsky and, and Dominic Hoshik is probably in there somewhere too. Yeah, that's that's fair to me. But especially with the the record he's got in closeout games, what is it, six of the last seven, he's won via shutout. I mean, how do you argue with that? Well, yeah, and he's followed up a loss in the playoffs with the win, like, I, I want to say 17 straight times. Yeah, almost, literally almost every time. Yes, he's that he's Yeah, that so, it, so it, it, his, his uh, resume is just without peer, especially among goalies since Brodeur and Wah. On to football, Mark, what'd you make of the hire of Omar Khan as general manager? I was a little surprised it didn't come with him being paired with Brandon Hunt. But, uh, you know, they got Waddle from Philadelphia. Brandon Hunt, I guess, is going to Philadelphia. So it's almost like a trade. Yeah, it's weird. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I have no problem with it. I mean, it's just it's still a situation where the coach has final say. Uh, so I really don't think that it's going to change the way they operate at all. Literally not at all. What I keep saying, Mark, is they're bringing in a lot more chefs. But I think we all know who the head cook is. And that guy has even more power than he did before. Well, it has had power since Bill Cower usurped Tom Donahoe. You know, since since you know that's where the transition of power from GM to coach took place. It used to be a split, and then Cower ran Donahoe out of town, and that was that. And it's been the same way ever since. With obviously Tom was not coming in with absolute power when he was hired, but it didn't take long, and it's certainly the case now. I think it's abundantly clear that Art Rooney trusts his team to Mike Tomlin, but he trusts his money to Omar Khan, and that's why he got elevated. Yeah, I think so. And, and Andy Weidel has a good resume, too. I wouldn't underestimate his input in this, but it's not anywhere close to final say. I was almost wondering if they would do something like elevate Omar and call him president and then make Andy Weidel the general manager and bring in this Sheldon White as you know chief of player development or whatever. It just kind of changed the masthead. Because, you know, Kevin Colbert talked about that. He made himself general manager as opposed to president of football operations because there's just logistical things like GM meetings, when they're available to the NFL, like who votes on things, who communicates with the league, where you get to sit at the senior bowl, like stuff like that, that Omar now has as a football guy, even though he's not a football guy on his resume. Yeah, but certainly in his introductory press conference, they made it out like he is going to, you know, also be in with the football decisions. Yes. But I just don't believe that. I think that was designed to kind of kind of make him look like he has more responsibility than he does, like a legitimate general manager. Honestly, I think his input in football will be absolutely minimal. I, I think they just wanted to promote him and give him his just desserts after his long service and just termed it in a way that would make him look good, everybody's comfortable, but what's the difference? Because they know what's going on. Do they have a similar preconceived notion as it relates to what they'll do at quarterback, do you think? Is this just show right now for Mitch Trubisky or not? No, I think Trubisky's going to start the season. I've I've come to the conclusion that because the opening of their schedule is so hard that they will serve up Trubisky, not as a sacrificial lamb, but just to kind of grease the skids where – Pickett came in came with minimal pressure and a little bit more time with the offense in practice under his belt. That said, I don't know where Pickett gets the snaps to really prepare for when he does start, but uh, 
He's played 49 games at Pitt, Tim. That should be enough. He should be ready. Do you buy the theory of you can go from Trubisky to Pickett, but you can't go from Pickett to Trubisky and then make it easy to go back to Pickett again? Yes, I do buy that. Because I, I think that's weighing into their thinking, and I think specifically it's weighing into their thinking for, if not the first six games, definitely the first three. See, I think the only way it turns out clumsy if they start Trubisky is if they start out like 5-1 and one and four, or 4-2. Four and two. And then what? And then, <laughs> yeah. then you have to well, you have to keep playing Trubisky. And then if if Pickett doesn't start all year, it, it doesn't invalidate the pick, but it makes it seem not real. I mean, it, Tim, I go back to what I said. If you drafted this kid at twenty four with forty nine starts, he's got to start the first season. Uh, they're not going to do that right off the bat. We'll see how it works out. Uh, I won't be outraged either way. I just wouldn't have picked him in the first round. And especially if I thought he could be, quote, unquote, beaten out by Mitch Trubisky. Whatever this new arrangement is in the front office, they've got work to do. They need to find a second running back. They need to find a third pass rusher. They might need to find another defensive end if Stephon Tuitt isn't capable of playing, if they don't keep him. He ain't going to play. He ain't going to play. Then they need somebody else there, too. Well, and not only that, Tim, their offensive line might be better, but it might not be. I mean, Daniel seems pretty good, but they still got, you know, the same two tackles. I just, I, I I think the offensive line has the potential to grow and get better because of its age. Everybody's like, what, 25 or under, except for, except for the one guy. But I just, I, I don't think that O-line is a guarantee to be considerably better. I don't. Agreed. I think they think they're much better at tackle than I do, for one. I will say this, though. I, I do appreciate what's being taught now. Um, the word coming out from camp from the from the players themselves that they're changing their blocking philosophy when it comes to pass blocking, that they're not going to lay back as much. Um, I think the theory there, Mark, is they won't say it this way, but I will. If you're going to be lesser talented, try to throw the first punch first as opposed to reacting all the time because they weren't good at that last year. Well, yeah, but that, that begs the question, though, too, if you want to fast forward a little bit, you know, they're not going to have Ben to bring him back in the fourth quarter either. Ben's fourth quarter comebacks were made possible. And I know people say, well, they won't fall behind like they did with Ben, a quarterback. Well, you want to bet? I bet they do. Uh, ben managed the games and kept them close and didn't make egregious mistakes like pick sixes to keep the games close because he trusted himself in the fourth quarter if it was close. And the book on Trubisky is he's good enough to keep you in a lot of games, but a lot of times when you need a throw that you got to have in a crucial moment, especially in the second half or like even a two-minute drive at the end of the first half, a balance-tipping throw, uh, that's when it tends to go awry on him. Yeah, yeah. So while you gain some things with the quarterback switch, it is not a total upgrade like some would have you believe because Ben was old and decrepit and immobile. I just think you take his brain and his aura, as dumb as that sounds, his aura in the fourth quarter out of the equation, and I don't think you even break even for the first year. Mark, what's the better fight going on right now? Nick Saban against Jimbo Fisher or those two baseball players who got into it over a fantasy football league argument? I like the fantasy football thing. What, <laughs> Fam and Peterson, right? 
over Jeff Wilson's injury. Like, if I'm Jeff Wilson of the San Francisco 49ers, that made my life that these two guys fought on a baseball field over my fantasy football injury status. Well, not only that, look at how much they make, too. I mean, unless the entry to the league was like, a, you know, $2 million a team. Yeah. I just don't see. By the way, wouldn't it be great if there were a fantasy league that was $2 million a team? Yeah, that would be great. But the other thing about it is it can't be all that high stakes, Mark, because the whole controversy arose because Tommy Pham got his fantasy football league rules confused with his second league that he's in. So obviously it wasn't that high stakes of a league. Well, yeah, but Tim, the Pittsburgh State Company League. Oh, that's true. I forgot about the that. The league's still around. I think it was up to I think it was up to like six thousand a team this year. Wow. Wow. Do you know anybody who's still in it? Yeah, a lot of people. I just, I just don't go to the. I actually, did I go to? The, no, I went to the. Uh, I thought you ran the, the draft one year, weren't you? The guy who ran. No, the no, draft? no, no, no. I every year I go and and well, not every year because I, I went this year and didn't do it. But they have an NCAA auction for the NCAA tournaments. Oh, okay, all right. And I uh, and I uh, auctioned a couple teams off, but I didn't do it this year because I, like I said, when I got there, I go, I'll auction off Pitt. <laughs> well, let me ask. Let me ask you this, Mark. Since we're on the topic here, the NIL stuff. Jordan Addison making more than some uh, current Steeler receivers for his last year at USC. Uh, what do you make of that, and how it's being? Well, how it isn't regulated. Let me put it to you that way. Well, they screwed up in the beginning with the greed of college football because they didn't give the kids anything. They squeezed so hard it came through their fingers. Right, right, exactly. The, the kids then, you know, got a lawyer and they figured out a way that they were getting screwed, namely the NIL stuff that they, you know, got got they got stripped of for so many years. I mean, that stuff was used. They just get, didn't get a cut from it. And now it's uneven. Like where you have bidding wars over players, you have, you know, some guys on the team will make a ton and some guys will make nothing, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. which is going to cause trouble in locker rooms. I'm sorry, it just is. So uh, what they should have done was they should have given every player, and this dates back, you know, decades, you know, as far as the actual price, you know, but, you know, say what you will, but I would have uh, given each player on full scholarship and a revenue-producing sport 25 grand, you know, and, and, you know, he can send that home, he can do what he wants with it, because a lot of players just want the money to send home. That's where, like, the... Uh, all the all the money given in gym bags and recruiting in the old days, you know, like I remember Tony Dorsett said to me that one reason he went to Pitt was because Pitt got his dad off the floor at the still mill and into an office job. And, and there may have been a gym bag involved there. I don't know for sure. <laughs> but, but, you know, but, 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 but players want to do something for their families. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, if you would have just let them do that, to some minimal degree, or have enough money to buy a pizza or whatever, right? Well, it's like the uh, it's like that movie Blue Chips. Like Matt Nover wanted to get his dad a tractor, you know, stuff like that. Right, right, exactly. So, um, I just I think that was a good way you put it. They they squeezed so hard it's, it, it it oozed through their fingers. They just lost it, and now and now there's no going back. There's well, my- no going back. Now, the one thing that would have been awkward. With uh, with the uh, twenty five grand each player, 
wouldn't have been the inequities with the quarterback and the and the and the backup guard. It would have been well. Then the women want their share too, even though they don't produce revenue. And then it turns into a uh, situation, a situation like the, the soccer team. Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the U.S. national team. So, but but I I think if you would have started it back when, you could have got it in place and then you know kind of maneuvered it after that. Well, Mark, thanks for getting through this. I know it was a tough weekend for you with Liverpool. How are you getting over that? I'm not. I'm really upset. Oh, uh, you know, 1-0 in the Champions League final to Madrid. Um, it was uh, – we got goalie uh, Courtois from Madrid, played excellent, made a couple great saves. It, it is it is kind of weird. Like, we had a great year. We only lost, like, four games the whole year, and we played every possible game you could. Like, that's out of, I think, 63 total games. But we played in three finals, the two cup finals in England, the League Cup and the FA Cup, which I went to, and then the European Cup final, which is the Champions League. You know, that's really what it is, the European Cup. And uh, we didn't score a goal in any of the games. Mm. We uh, we won the two domestic cups on penalty kicks after nil-nil after 120 minutes each. So, you know, it's hard to believe that we might have to jack up the offense a little bit despite having Salah, Salah, Marnay, you know, all those guys. But it uh, looks like Marnay may be moving on to Bayern Munich. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it was it was, it was a tough loss. I was at Conneaut Lake for the weekend. I actually watched it in the sports bar, Conneaut Lake, which was kind of fun, actually. It was a good place. Tavern 618 for all our listeners who populate Conneaut Lake. Did you watch it with Bill Hillgrove? No, I saw Bill Hillgrove uh, yesterday. Though. Oh, did you? Okay. So, yeah, because I know he's yeah. up there this time of year a lot, right? Yeah, he was uh, – I was at my friend – my friend Rob Shellhaas – owns um he owns a funeral home in westview that's where i'll be laid out at some point by either him or his kids and um we were on his dock and bill hillgrove's boat came by so we waved bill over so that was nice to visit with him and his wife and a few other relatives in tow so that was it was a lot of fun Connie lake's always good i just i just wish we would have won the, the friggin game Mark Madden, you can listen to him three until six, Monday through Friday. You can check him out on Madden Ben's Unfiltered with me. And as always, you can listen to him on the Madden Monday podcast uh, that is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. All right, so my thanks to Mark Madden. Uh, now that Memorial Day is coming gone, we didn't talk much baseball there with Mark, so I wanted to throw this at you. You know, people start right around this time to evaluate where things are in the standings, where things are for certain personnel, maybe start thinking about guys that are making all-star pushes. And one pirate who is doing that is certainly David Bednar. Nine saves, eighth in the NL. His earned run average going into last night was .75. It's now at one three eight after that screwy game last night where he blew the save but got the win against the Dodgers. 35 strikeouts, four more last night. His whip was, I know, .67 going into that game. He's at 0.81 now, only allowing four earned runs in 26 innings pitched. So Bednar is an all-star candidate. Jose Quintana, I'd say, is one too. Because he pitches in Pittsburgh, he only has one win. That'll hurt. But his 215 ERA is fifth in the National League. Quite a few ex-pirate pitchers are making strong campaigns as well, though. If you're looking for guys who make it from Pittsburgh, you're going to be outnumbered tremendously by pitchers who are going to make it that used to play in Pittsburgh. Perhaps annoyingly strong cases for some Pirates fans who continue to have to watch the wave of arms leaving Pittsburgh with plenty of time left in their careers and go on elsewhere to enjoy success. 
Here's a few that have shined early in 2022. Joe Musgrove, we talked about him from the Padres earlier. He might start the All-Star game if it were to be held today. I think that's who I would go with. At 5-0, and an NL best 1.86 ERA. Nine quality starts, best in the league. His 58 strikeouts are tied for ninth. Uh, that's against only 11 walks. A whip of .98 is fifth best. Musgrove has yet to give up more than two earned runs in any start. And he certainly made the most of two appearances against his former team. Musgrove has thrown 13 innings against the Pirates, only allowing two earned runs while totaling 15 strikeouts and two walks. Jamison Tyon might be too quiet and steady to draw attention to an all-star candidacy, but he's deserving of consideration. Tyon is 5-0 for the New York Yankees. He's allowed two earned runs or fewer in eight of his nine starts for a 249 ERA. That's the ninth best in the American League. The 30-year-old has had pinpoint control, walking only five batters in 50.2 innings. That's along with 39 strikeouts. New York has won seven of his nine starts. Garrett Cole, Yankees, $324 million man. Hasn't been phenomenal this year, but at 4-1, he's been very good. His 72 strikeouts are the fifth most in baseball and third in the American League. Only three AL pitchers, Toronto's Alec Manoa, uh, Houston's Framber Valdez and Texas's Martin Perez have more than Cole's six quality starts. Cole entered play Monday with 57 and two-thirds innings pitch. That's tied with Justin Verlander for the fourth highest total in the American League. Then there's the most surprising nomination, Clay Holmes. But as a middle reliever and emerging closer, Holmes is worth talking about. He has one earned run allowed in 24 and two-thirds innings. 26 strikeouts, two walks. His whip is 0.69. The Yankees' usual closer, the Yankees' usual closer, Araldis Chapman, is sidelined with left Achilles tendonitis. So Holmes is getting an opportunity to close games. He's up to six saves to go along with seven holds. So Holmes is becoming something I never thought he ever was capable of being here in Pittsburgh. And then there's another guy to kind of keep in mind if he has a big month or some other guys for the Rockies fade. I would say a positional player from the Rockies will probably make it. First baseman C.J. Cron, who's got 13 homers and 37 RBI and a 308 average. Perhaps shortstop Jose Iglesias, who has a 317 average. But if the Rockies has a pitcher worth noting, it's cool. The ex-Pirates right-hander is 4-2 with a 356 ERA. He has five quality starts and nine outings. Not bad for a guy on a team that's almost as bad as the Pirates. So Chad Cool also making the most of a second chance for him with another organization. And good luck in his continued success as he's bounced back from injury, much like Jamison Tyon has. That'll do it for us today. We will be back tomorrow with Mike Pursuta from the Bahamas, then Brian Metzer a little bit later in the week than normal, but he'll join us on Thursday. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. Hopefully you had a good holiday weekend. We'll talk again tomorrow and start talking about the Hockey Conference Finals.